Welcome back to the Horns Down Podcast with your host, Chris Griffin, and that guy, Seth Oliveira. Seth, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing real well. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. I'm just itching closer and, and, and closer and closer to some football, finally. I mean, we get games next week. We'll talk about that when the time comes. But, man, just all the excitement that's going on right now and then all the news about Nebraska and Scott Frost. I just can't contain myself. <laughs> oh, Nebraska. Yeah, that is a, that's that's going to be a fun week when we get to that week. But, I mean, <laughs> they, they just keep giving us plenty more to talk about before that game even gets here. So, I, but, but, yeah, I'm right there with you. This is it's going to be nice having just one more weekend of, without football because after that, it's uh, all systems go. All systems go. All girlfriends, please go elsewhere. <laughs> All fall weddings, I hope you win miserably, okay? From the bottom of my heart, please, no fall weddings this year. I have to go to a fall wedding during the uh, Nebraska game, so. <sighs> but anyways, we have a heck of a show for you guys. This is, um, well, we, I guess we want to call it like the first half of the show. We got a, uh, a special guest that we're uh, still kind of coordinating something with real quick, and we're going to get him on the show. Uh, you definitely want to stay tuned for that because it's going to be the preview of uh, the first game. So that's the hint that I'll drop. But um, Seth, what, what are we talking about first, man? Man, well, so the beginning of this week, they, uh, the, the AP poll, the preseason poll was released. So everybody knows where their official rankings are. So as, a, as people watching this podcast probably already know, OU checked in at number two in the nation. So what do you think about that? Um. I, you know, obviously I want to go with the Jalen Hurts, you know, motto, rat poison. Uh, but I, I, hey, you know, deservingly so. I think we talked about it earlier today as, you know, Alabama's the top dog right now. They're the prize team, regardless of who their quarterback or who, regardless of what they're bringing in as, as coordinators or as recruits. So until somebody takes that, that um, you know, you know, pedestal away from them, uh, it's it's their it's their trophy to lose. So, uh, but I think as far as OU, I think it's great. This 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 has been an off season that's been mixed with a lot of hype, but also a lot of just you know let's be patient, let's let this team grow into their own. This team is way different than it was last year. This team is way different than it was a year. Or, I mean, uh, two years, three years ago. So um, I, I like that. You know, I feel like OU always plays better when they have a chip on their shoulder. So there's there's the excitement that, hey, we know what's ahead of us and we know what this team could potentially do. But also, we know that we need to, you know, use last season as building blocks and as learning lessons as well to get to where we possibly want to be. What about you, Seth? What do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you on all, on all those points. I mean, I – before the the rankings came out, I would have guessed OU was going to be three, maybe four, but I was thinking it was a top three. But so to see number two was only a little surprising. But I mean, I, I mean, if you compare what they're bringing back and what they how they finished the last season, I mean, finished I say finished, but heck, the last eight games of the season, they just they were a different team and they just got better and better as the as the season weighs on. So, if, yeah, comparing to other teams, other teams that, you know, wanted to make their case for a top five spot, 
uh, you gotta like OU's just OU, what OU has, you know, on the on bringing to the table. Because, I mean, they, obviously you got Spencer Rattler, who might be the the number one quarterback in the nation, and m- might be the first quarterback taken in the upcoming draft. So, I mean, there's that's a that's a huge for any team to ever have that alone is gonna be you know up there. But then the the defense, I mean, everybody's been talking about the defense this off season and just, you know, what, what Alex Grinch is doing. So, I mean, it, it looks like they're going to be one of the better defenses, definitely in the last decade or so of OU football, but it, they should be one of the best defenses in the nation, honestly, like with, with what they've got with the experience and the depth, like I, I don't see any reason why they're not one of the top, a top 15, maybe even the top 10 defense, maybe not statistically just because that, that kind of, that, that's a little bit different, but as far as efficiency goes, I think we're going to see some of this. So I think number two is a good spot for them. I kind of wish just for like selfish reasons that they were a little lower just to give them more of a chip like you talked about. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think this team's got what it takes to, to not feed into the rap poison, if you will. <laughs> it's, it's hard to, it's hard not to put a team like this at number two, because you're looking at them and saying, you know, on paper and on the field, this may be the most balanced team that Lincoln Raleigh has ever fielded. Um, you're also looking at the fact that you have experience where other teams lack that experience. Um, you're looking at C.J. Stroud to come in and possibly be the starting quarterback, or you know, in my opinion, it, it could either be C.J. C.J. Stroud or um, Kyle McCord. I think that's the name. Uh, so. I think it could be either one of those quarterbacks for Ohio State. With Clemson, you don't, you may not have that much of a question mark, but still, DJ uh, Ugalele played against. Uh, I think I got that right. But anyway, <laughs> you, know, you know, he played against a, I want to say, a terrible Boston State. I mean, Boston, excuse me, <laughs> Boston College team. He, t- he played against like a mediocre Boston College team that just came in and just, hey, you know, we were game planning better than you guys were, but you guys still came back and beat us. Um, and then also, Clemson was young, real young. I mean, they had a bunch of injuries last year as well. But let's not forget the fact that, as always, You can talk about OU as much as you want, but Notre Dame is another team that is really gaudy. Like they don't, they put up a lot of really big numbers, but they don't really deliver. So um, I thought he played great in that game, but at the same time, let's see what he can do in a full season, which I think he'll probably end up, you know, hell, he could probably break any record that Trevor Lawrence put out there, but at the same time, let's just wait and see. Let's wait and see what the run game is like. Let's see what their receivers are like. Um, let's see, you know, what their defense is like. We know they have going to have a great front seven, but let's see if their, uh, you know, DBs have taken a step because let's be honest, in that Ohio State game, they look mediocre at best against Ohio State's wide receiving court. Um, but all in all to say, I mean, I, I think deservingly so, you should be too. There's some question marks surrounding even Alabama, but there's some question marks surrounding every team and even OU. But at the same time, I think that just given with the body of work that you uh, can go off on, off of on the last eight games of last season going into this year, I think you're not only are the voters more confident, I think fans in general, not just OU fans, but I think a lot more fans are feeling more comfortable about 
any picks they have, uh, including OU in the playoffs. Exactly. And now I'd like to take a look around uh, around the poll and like some other Big 12 teams are just notable teams. And I mean, obviously, Iowa State uh, being up there at number seven is huge for them. Now, I don't know. It's it it might end up backfiring because with uh, at least as far as the matchup goes with OU and Iowa State, if if they you know they don't play until the uh, it's OU's next to last game of the season uh, when they go when 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 Iowa State comes to Norman. So depending on how both teams' seasons go, this could either be end up being a top five matchup or it could just be something that people just don't even want to like want to watch or there'll be a bigger game on that night, but we'll find out like, but it, it, it's, it's set up perfectly for it to be that kind of a matchup. And then if it does get to that point, what's amazing is most likely both those, both OU and Iowa state are going to probably be back in the big 12 championship game. If, if it goes the way people are predicting it uh, to go, at least the media, then uh, we could be looking at not back to back, but in, at two out of the last three games for OU and uh, before the, the playoff starts could be against top five, top seven level Iowa state teams. And that's, that would be huge, especially if they win both of those games. So, I mean, that's like looking way, way ahead, but that's like, that's what's on the table for OU. Going so, this. so what I was going to say, just piggybacking off of that, I think um, if Iowa state, makes it back to the Big 12 championship game. I think I think basically that really tells us the strength of the of the Big 12. I don't think that playing against OU and possibly you you get what I'm saying like K-State and all those teams. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll take care of those teams this year. But I think that if the Big 12 is going to be strong this year, I think that that second spot has to be up for grabs as far as Iowa State, Texas, um I guess if you go off of what uh, Landry Burdine had to say, TCU, uh, <laughs> uh, and then obviously you know the the Pope faithful are going to always vouch that they should have a say so in this, but you guys are not even in the top twenty five. <laughs> um, um, I think that you know Iowa State honestly is the measuring stick for a lot of teams in the Big Twelve because a lot of those teams are already banking on the fact that okay. The Big 12 is going to run through Norman at least one more year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go, you brought up OSU and then them, yeah, not even being ranked. And it's, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, pollsters and ranker, the people who rank these things don't necessarily look at stuff like this, but it is kind of funny how OSU isn't even ranked. But uh, Miami, who in their both of their last games played each other in whatever bowl game that was, like, I don't know, it was a Cheez-It Bowl or something. They played each other <laughs> in, in the, at the end of last season. OSU just thoroughly beat them, and yet I, uh, Miami is, like, 14th in the preseason, which I don't even know, like, what year is this? Like, why are they getting so much credit? Like, is this is that Texas or something? Like, I don't even – I don't understand that. But, well, I so, do understand it because they're playing Alabama, and they want – they want to give Alabama a, a, ooh, a top 15 win right off the bat, even though Miami is going to probably finish with like five or six losses on season. So this is what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, I'm not really worried about Miami as much because we already know they're going to get that. That's going to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, I guess the question mark, the, the question that I have said is, is simple. 
is Derek King going to be mobile enough to make something happen? Or is he going to, and is he going to be mobile enough to avoid that Alabama pressure? <laughs> because let's, let's be honest, they had, there's a lot of teams that had great seasons due to COVID-19. Yep. I don't know any other way to put it. Now, as yeah, as a physical <laughs> to anybody, but there's a lot of teams who benefited from having veteran play in a year where you had a bunch of young, uh, young cores out there that didn't have a spring or a summer camp like they did this year. The ball is going to be spit a little bit differently this year. It's going to be spinning a little bit differently. But um, you're looking at Miami and you're saying, I want to see what your offensive line is like, and I also want to see what your run game is like. You're not going to be able to come out there and play gadget plays. If you come out there trying to nickel and dime the ball against uh, Alabama, that plays into their strategy. Because the biggest thing for me is, you know, De'Ara King is going to have to be mobile enough to make something happen out there because let's just be honest for all the hype that he's getting with the nil and all the rest of that stuff that still bears no that, that shows us nothing about the deep ball about any of the passes that is has his passing accuracy has his passing ability improved so that's the thing that i'm kind of looking forward to seeing in that game because i just feel like it's going to be a blowout. I think Vegas already has the line set at about, what, 18 and a half? Mm. So you're looking at that game and you're saying, I mean, this is a blowout. This is a typical Alabama opening of, hey, yeah. <laughs> I can't show you exactly what we're going to do. Now, the thing that you have to worry about with Alabama is just how conservative are they going to, are they going to be with Bryce Young? I know that it's not like he's having to learn a new playbook all over again with Bill O'Ryan, but at the same time, you're looking at him saying, okay, is this going to be like Jalen's year or is this going to be like a two a year where you kind of open up the playbook more? So I think you'll see something in between to start the season and then in the middle, towards the middle of the season and the latter part of the season, you'll see that playbook kind of as it's supposed to be going into next year, obviously. So we all know that they're good enough to play um, you know, grimy and gritty uh, football just to get to that next level. Um, but, you know, that's a great point, though, as far as, you know, OSU beat, beat, beat them last year. And, Without Tuba and, uh, like, yeah. they barely used Thailand. I don't, I don't even think he played the second half. No, and with, then Spencer, they, oh, and with Spencer Sanders at quarterback the entire game, <laughs> so he was kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah, he's like a player for the other team. He might as well be. <laughs> but, like, you know, I don't know if OSU – here's the thing. OSU, OSU faithful will sit there and tell you that, hey, we have running backs and all of that. And you're just sitting there like, no, you don't. I think L.D. Brown – I like L.D. Brown a lot. Oh, yeah, he's, he's I, a I would love L.D. Brown to be on our squad. Could you imagine <laughs> he, when he does hit that hole, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think last year he was trying to really figure out how do I be a how do I be a, a a scat back but also a power back, you know, an every down back. Yeah. So 
Um, and then the other running backs that they had that came out there and balled out against, you know, other teams or whatnot, you're just looking at them and saying, okay, that's great, but you got to do it again. You got to do it for all 12 games this season. And yeah. then obviously, I think, to be honest with you, I know the defense is going to be um, going to be, you know, disciplined and above average, but I mean, the OSU is going to live and die by their wide receiving core and their quarterback. And I don't think either one of us believe in in, in them. So no. I don't think them being outside of the 20, top 25, I don't think that that's disrespectful. I think that that's just like, hey, you guys are going to have to prove prove this. And I think that you crack the top 25 if you're OSU, if you go out there and handle business against Tulsa and Boise State. Oh, like, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. If they, especially that Boise State game. Like, yeah, they, they're coming back to Stillwater with that dub. They're they're gonna be maybe even inside the top twenty by that point. Like they're gonna go up because people are gonna be watching that game. That's definitely one of the more underrated non-conference games nationally. Um, uh, and I guess lastly, I mean, it's only it's only right that we got to talk about this team on the Horns Down podcast, the Texas at twenty one, which I mean, like honestly, like I, I I don't think they deserve to be ranked. I mean. It, over the last 10 years, they've proven that they're, they, they all, they, they fall short of expectations every year. I think the one year in the last like 11 seasons that they actually did better than what they were projected to be was 2018. And they still didn't even win the big 12 champ, uh, the big 12. So it's, it's like, even in the best year that they've had in 11 years, they still, they're not even a champion. So it's like the, all they've shown us for, since then and and then with all the turnover the steve sarkeesian and all that like it's just you just i feel like it's only right to start a team like that unranked but i mean i don't i don't get too hyped up over the the, the poll because i know it all worked itself out but i think it is funny that they're 21 and they're a right out, right out of the gate they're going they're in a top 25 matchup with number 23 louisiana so <laughs> i don't know it's almost like it wouldn't even be an upset if louisiana won because they're almost the same rank so Seth, Seth. <laughs> I came into this show saying that I was going to change up my approach and let you speak, let you talk about all the things you want to talk about. I'm trying to talk football here. I'm trying to talk to these to 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 our faithful out here, our, our fans, our viewers. I'm trying to talk to them and talk about football, and not get on this on Streamyard today. To talk about Texas football. If you want to talk about Texas football, go talk to Fanatic's perspective. We're going to hang out at Nemo's Corner. I don't have time for that, okay? But what I will say about Texas, though, is that from, from a little birdie drop to me something today, they're saying that Casey Thompson has not been taking first-team reps. They said that uh, Hudson Card has. Ooh. So I don't know. I'm going to say it like this right here. Here's my theory about Texas this year. And this is the only thing I'm going to say about that team, okay? That's what I'm going to start calling them, that team. <laughs> I believe that team will run a two-quarterback system for the better part of the uh, of the season. I really do. That's a that's a train wreck I can't wait to watch <laughs> if that happens. It's a hand toss. I believe four four star recruits. I'm not really sure about Casey Thompson, but I know Hudson Carl is a four star recruit. I watched him in um, in one of those uh, all star games, and I was like, not bad at all. I mean, he seems to be pretty accurate. He's got a good spin on the ball. Um, Didn't he play like wide receiver or something? He's pretty mobile. No, Hudson. I mean, like as he was, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback in high school. Okay. 
Yeah, he was one. He was a. He, but they, then again, here's the thing. I think that we all need to like remember. Hudson Card is a Herman guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we'll see what Steve Sarkeesian is going to be able to do with him. I don't think 23 is out as out of is is too low for them or 21 is too low for them because like I said they're in the same boat as as uh as OSU. You got to go and prove it, okay? We don't respect your league and we definitely don't respect you. Like I told you I think earlier today, there's no difference between well the only difference between Texas and and Michigan is that Michigan has a better winning uh percentage in history. <laughs> And if you guys want to go off of the numbers and say differently, that is perfectly fine with me. Both teams are mediocre. They've been mediocre. <laughs> Texas and Mich- Michigan are honestly one step above a team like Nebraska. Okay? <laughs> and, and and Texas A&M. Texas A&M, and, and, well, at least Nebraska has national championships. Right. <laughs> that I would like really consider – because everybody wants to talk about Johnny football. And I'm just like, ah, okay, it's great. Let's talk about playground football, too. I know a lot of kids that were out there in, in playground football that look better than Johnny Manziel, but they never got a scholarship. But all jokes aside, though, um, I think that that team, as I call them, I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But, hey, you know, Louisiana and then Arkansas, go, go show me something. Go show me something, and then we'll talk about moving you up. And then, and that right there, just just to, to kind of end this, uh, talk about the poll and stuff. But if with what Texas has on their schedule before the Red River game, if for somehow by some miracle Sarkeesian's able to pull off an undefeated run through up to that point, they'll be way up there. Just I mean, because it's like people are just waiting for Texas to to be good finally and to be undefeated in the middle of the season. So if they, if they end up running the table, that's, that's, that's going to be the biggest red river game we've had since probably 08 or 09, as far as no, no, definitely 08. Uh, as far as like how both teams go entering the game. Cause I mean, I don't think there, I don't think we've had a season where they were both undefeated at that point. Obviously, Oh, you got to take care of their own business, but mm-hmm. like the, 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 the floor is, you know, there in front of them. The stage is set. Is this, both teams got to take care of business, but you and I are both on a record saying we don't think uh, Texas is going to get to that game undefeated. So. About eight and five. Yeah, yeah. Well, like regular season, yeah. Like uh, I think I've even talked myself into seven and five, and then so I guess if they win a bowl game, eight and five. Yeah, but yeah, I think they win. They're they're losing at least four games this season, but I can see five. Uh, hopefully more. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully eight, nine. <laughs> you know, just to uh, just to go ahead and, and 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 go on to our next subject, we're looking at OU's fall camp. Yeah, what have you been hearing? Oh, man, I've been hearing a lot. I know you've been sharing with me some of the stuff that you've been hearing as well. We've been talking about it, but I think one of the things that stands out to me, uh, one of the players that, I, that I, I'm really excited about, um, is uh, Billy Bowman, freshman. <sighs> I mean, he's an athlete still, even though he's he's working primarily on the defensive side of the ball and looking look they're looking at him at nickel, um, which I don't I don't think he's gonna rise up to the point where he's like a day one starter at that point because I think right now Cradell's probably 
probably the the dude for that. But hell, he, he just looks like he can he could probably rotate at either safety position, um, just somewhere in the somewhere in the secondary. But obviously, nickel look is looking like his probably strongest point. But I mean, the dude is just like it's just he's one of those dudes where he's like the first guy off the bus kind of guy. Like you see him, and I mean, he's a true freshman, and this guy like he just. He's just built and he's he looks the part. And so and we all know he plays the part, you know, just judging by how highly touted he was coming out of high school, uh, how he performed even in the spring game. He was already showing flashes. He had a couple couple uh, really nice splash plays. So, I mean, he's only going to get better with time. And so I just I, I'm I'm really excited. I don't know how much we'll see him this season definitely in the beginning of the season we probably will see him mostly on special teams or something but as the season goes on i definitely expect him to be a guy that uh most of sooner nation uh can uh, recognize and knows so let's um we, I, I brought up a, a phrase <clears throat> that you know we always laugh about and we joke about okay rat poison so one thing that i know that i talked to my uncles about awful lot because we talk about OU football like crazy. It's always the names that you hear the most in the offseason for OU that never really get any shine <laughs> during the year. So I've been taking a lot of things with a grain of salt. I mean, from that from the scrimmage, they're saying that the defense has been kicking the offense's uh, tail uh, for the better part of camp. And then they're now they're saying that the run game was extremely successful against them during that scrimmage. You didn't see that many explosive plays. Then the IG video drops, and then you're seeing Mario Williams, Stogner, a bunch of people catch balls. And then you're seeing DJ Graham going crazy all over IG, and I'm just like, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me get to the too deep uh, depth chart, and then, then we can really talk about this. I'm just as excited about all the players. I think it's well documented how we feel about select players on the team and what we think they're going to be. I think Woody Washington is going to be a lockdown corner. I think that uh, Jeremiah Cradell is going to be a, a, a great in, in a lot of situations, but I think Billy Bowman is going to be a great athlete in that situation as well. Not to take away from Jeremiah Cradell, but you know. But then also with uh, Harrington, they're saying Harrington is starting to look really good at corner. Um, you're still hearing a lot about, you heard early on about McCutcheon, about how he started up slow, he, he's, uh, then he ended fast. So, um, you know, I'm definitely excited to see the secondary. And I think that you're going to be deep enough where you're not going to have a lot of mental lapses out there. You're going to see a lot of guys be able to come, uh, come through and make uh, and help. Um, you know, guys like Danny Stutzman, who they've been talking about an awful lot. It's those unsung heroes that I'm excited to see because those are going to be the guys who are just like, wait a minute, what number is that? Who is he? One guy that we haven't heard about, but we know is going to be out there in some way or shape or form, Shane Whittier. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at a host of different players that are going to get a, a lot of time out there. And you're looking at the offense and you're basically saying, you know, you're hearing them get so much praise and so much love, but then also people have to find a, a negative about it. I think your offense is going to be extremely explosive, and I think that they're going to be great. Okay? So, I mean, 
Where do you think where do you think this is gonna this offense will end up ranking as far as in the the Lincoln Riley or so twenty seventeen and on? I would say just from what you what do you predict? I think that this offense will be more explosive than the Kyler team. Who <laughs> got Hollywood, Rodney Anderson? Oh no, Rodney Anderson was the year now, now here's my now here's my hot take. Now here's my hot take. When you look at the list of quarterbacks, obviously everybody loves Baker. So people will put him number one. Right, right. In terms of just overall talent. And you may disagree with me, and please tell me if you do. <laughs> but if we're going off of arm talent alone, I'm gonna break it Spencer, Kyler, and then Baker. Whoa, 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 whoa. If we're going off, we're going off a mass appeal, if we're going off a mass appeal, then obviously it's Baker, Kyler, then probably Rattler. But if we're just going off a of just throwing talent. <laughs> Come on, man. Rattler is. I think I know. I think I agree with you as far as I think Rattler with just pure arm talent is the is the dude out of those three. He leads the way. I think as far as like overall talent and just if I was going to pick one of those quarterbacks to start a team, I think I'm going with Kyler. So just because what he can do with his legs is just I mean, you're just not going to find that in you know sometime 10 15 20 years between in programs like it's just the dude is just amazing what he did on and and we didn't even see his full potential we just saw one season of it like imagine if he had started three seasons like baker did like how what he would have what kinds of performances we could have seen like we got one good great obviously heisman trophy winning season but i mean that we he just scratched the surface at ou and obviously that's always the problem with Collar because a lot of people want to pick Collar over Baker, but they're scared to because we only had a small sample size. But to yeah. win the Heisman in one year of like real play, come on, man, that's incredible. Yeah. But just with that defense, <laughs> look, I've seen the throws that Collar can make. Collar made some throws. If you go back to the Iowa State game, you go back to uh, obviously the the the. Um, you know, Oklahoma State games. And there's games throughout the season. I mean, yeah. we could pick play the that case that game right there. It looked like it was air on routes out there. You know, <laughs> yeah. out there. Me, like, well, yeah. Yeah. Even Buki was making plays in that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But anyway, anyway, like I was saying though, but yeah, I mean, I just think that if if you were gonna give me those three right there, I would say I'm probably gonna go with Spencer. <laughs> I'm probably gonna go with Spencer. Okay, then, okay. Next year we might be saying Caleb Williams is probably because oh, I think that I think that Kyler and Spencer are in that same category as like we like them, we love them, they're OU quarterbacks, but it's like we didn't get all of their personality that we really wanted. But with yeah. Baker and I think Caleb, I think you're gonna get all of Caleb's personality, it's, it seems like it's pretty infectious, especially amongst, amongst his teammates and some recruits. But also you're looking at, like, you know, he's not going to have the bravado, I guess, as as a Baker Mayfield, but he's going to have that, you know, just, hey, man, I want to be around him because he seems like a good guy. Um, God, Caleb Williams is going to tear up the SEC. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that tweet. 
I'm ready for that 2023 class to get on campus. But yeah, speaking of that, our last subject, and we'll go on that. What are your thoughts about um, Luther Burden uh, decommitting from OU? Five-star wide receiver, number one wide receiver in the nation for you folks that don't know or you, if you do know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's definitely a blow. It's like, uh, depending on what recruiting service you're looking at, he's like probably the most talented dude uh, committed to the 2022 class at the time for OU. So, like, no no team ever wants to lose the commit of that high uh, caliber. But I think if, if OU was ever going to lose a commit at that, like, at, at a position – as far as, in, in, you know, just a verbal commit, receivers got to be one of the better, you know, one of the least impactful ones. Because And even though, you know, looking at the class right now, I don't think there's a single receiver committed now. I think Luther Burden was the only one because they also had old uh, Taylor Shetron also uh, committed, and then he, he flipped to OSU for his brother. But... Yeah, I think just with, you know, Simmons, uh, we talked about this uh, today, like he's the way he's been, you know, developing those receivers and recruiting, like he's been recruiting great guys, obviously. I mean, there's like a number of five stars on the team currently. And uh, so, I mean, he got to give him credit for that. I think they're going to rebound. I'm like, since it's happening now in August before the season even starts, I'm not as concerned because I know he's either going to pick up another like highly touted recruit or, they're going to go just transfer portal this thing, or they'll do both. And I, I kind of think I'm leaning towards both. They're probably going to get a highly, uh, highly, highly rated wide receiver through the, uh, on the recruiting trail. Yeah. But I, there's going to be a guy out there, especially if, if uh, let's say, let's just say, for example, Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, both declare, which we're kind of like, you know, 50, 50 on, on whether or not they will or not, or just depending on how the season go. But if for some reason they both leave, and I'm not sure who else I'd have to look at the roster again, but like, even if they just lose those two, that's, that's going to leave a, a lot of catches for uh, somebody to come in and try to try to take. So that's going to be really attractive for any receiver in the nation who has already proven themselves at the college level and who wants to play another year of college ball. I mean, so it, it's it's going to work itself out, but right now it does like it just kind of like it, it it's never fun losing a recruit. But I'm not like hitting a panic button at all. So I'm looking down everybody because I'm listening to Seth, but I was looking for um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is DJ? I mean, not DJ, but DeAndre Moore. Is he a 2022 or a 23 uh, class? I, I I don't even know. I think okay, he's a twenty. He's in the twenty-three class as okay. well. Okay. So, because I, I, I was like, man, I think we may have one more target in the 2022 class. Yeah. Um, it bothers me, but it doesn't worry me. If you guys will just, you know, go with that. Go, go, go with me on that. It bothers me, but it doesn't worry me because I know the talent that we have on the team. I think it's really up in the air whether uh, Theo or or Jaden um, would go pro. I think that it just depends on what type of seasons they have. I think that if Theo has a season like he did last year or at least a little bit better, I think you're looking at him and saying, yeah, you could probably go late rounds or so and then make a squad and stay, stick in the league. 
then you're looking at Jaden and saying like, hey, I think this is your time, so go ahead and shine. Um, but, you know, you got to remember, you got uh, Cody Jackson, uh, Jalil Farouk. Um, you got, uh, you know, kids like Trevon West, uh, Brian Darby. Uh, obviously, you got Mario Williams, uh, Marvin Mims. You still have a lot of talent on campus. And trust and believe you're going to have some recruits, I mean, some transfers that want to come and play. Uh, whether that's a big name like Mike Woods or it's a, just, you know, another kid like uh, Leo Howard or so, you're going to have people who want to come and play for OU, after, especially after you have the season that you're supposed to have. So, um, like I said, it, it, it bothers me, but it doesn't worry me. Um, these kids have all had, they have links to a lot of these places that they pick, you know, at least it's not anything like, oh, well, now he wants to go to Southern Cal or he wants to go here. No, these kids are, you know, he's either wanting to go home, stay home, or he wants to go to Georgia, which is, you know, in my opinion, I'm like, you're going to a team that is known for running or you're going to a team that's known for losing. So, <laughs> so you know, but hey, it's recruiting and that's what happens. You can't blame an 18 year old kid for making a decision that he is, that he thinks is um, vital to his success. So you wish him the best and you say boomer sooner on the way out the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will say, you know, the 22nd is coming up steadily, it's steadily approaching. And I think that's when our Brandon Ennis is supposed to be uh, uh, committing. So that's another five star that you could potentially be getting. Uh, yep. the 23 class, which you're really trying to set yourself up for life after the Big 12 anyways. Um, I think that, you know, you put you put your eggs in a basket with that 23 class, but you do go out there and you go get some money for this 22 class and you just tell them like, hey, you know, we want you, we want you here. But at the same time, you're kind of looking back at like Shet Tron, kind of like you said today, there's just a feeling out there that if this season if the season goes the way it's supposed to, it could circle the wagon and come back. So um, one of the big things that I will say about Lincoln is, is that once you kind of burn that bridge, you burn that bridge. Because, <laughs> uh, word, you know, big word was that, you know, Queen Ewers, Queen Ewers wanted to uh, come to OU. He called Lincoln after he decommitted from um, Texas. Not Texas, yeah, uh, that team. And, <laughs> and, uh, so he decommitted from them and he called Lincoln and he didn't get a call back. So <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that dude. I love that yeah, dude. Hey, yeah. <laughs> He's like, um, yeah. So uh <laughs> but hey, but yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy out there right now with the recruiting circuit. But you know, one of the things that I always say is that uh we got to see what you're going to do on the field. Penn State has, I think Penn State has a number one class in the, in, uh, in 22, but we all know that it's going to change now. They, yeah, big Because the thing is, they, look, that first week, that first slate of games, Penn State at Wisconsin, I believe, like, Ooh. man, it's going to put up a shut up. It's some games <laughs> out there that first week, man. So, yeah. Um, Oh, I can't wait to talk about that week. Yeah, too. yeah. The recruiting, the recruiting trails are going to be blazing. There's blazing saddles out there. Blazing <laughs> saddles out there. But um, Seth, you got anything else? 
No, I think uh, we're, we're kind of entering that quad, that calm before the storm because it's the storm is coming and that, that storm is college football season. So I, I think we're, we're kind of hitting that point, you know, we got some last bit of fall camp to look out for. But other than that, I mean, I'm just we're, we're literally counting down the days over here. So, yeah, no, that um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it, man. The first week of games everything that's coming up and we're, we're going to do it. Obviously we're going to do an episode next week, but uh, we got, we get games next week. It's not the games that we want, but it's the games <laughs> that we so, yeah. Do some early scouting. On, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch, watch UCLA play. Um, and I think they play at like eight o'clock or so. So that's good. Uh, Cause I'm not is watching about the dark. Yeah, is Nebraska is that game at like noon or something? I Nebraska think it's early. Against Illinois is at like twelve o'clock. I think it's it. I think it's is at noon. I think it's on Fox. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's on Fox or something. That sounds like, right. Yeah. That sounds right. But yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska, Illinois. I'll be watching that game just to see you know uh, what they're doing, what they're running, and kind of see like you know what's going on. But man, that first week of games, you got. You know, a lot of people are saying that they're going to beat them by, like, 40. But, like, hey, Ohio State going to Minnesota is not a gimme. No, especially with all the turnover that they've got. They they got to deal with. On the road. Yeah, on the road night game. So, that's just a little little teaser for uh, for you guys out there for the next episode. Um, So, I think next episode, we're hoping to have – our special guest on, as we just said, because we uh, want to preview uh, the first game of the season with, uh, you know, the enemy. So we want to go. <laughs> so we're going to remotely, not physically, but remotely, <laughs> virtually, travel <laughs> to uh, New Orleans so we can go <laughs> there and uh, learn a little bit more about Tulane. So that's what we're hoping to have for you guys the next episode. But Seth, anything else that you got? No, man, I am good. Okay, well, go ahead, plug yourself, bro. What's up? Yeah, so uh, you can find more of my writings and such over at crimsonandcreammachine.com. Um, and then we, uh, you can also find me, obviously, on the Twitter sphere at Seth Oliveira. So you can see my handle right there. Yeah, uh, I got I got a lot of stuff I wanna I wanna share on the Twitter, but I I gotta wait for the perfect time because uh, you know I just you know. To come Texas week, I've got it. Nebraska, I've got it. I'll try to come up with something for Tulane game. Like, you know, it's hard to come up with stuff for some of these teams, but just like just some good content. But it, I'll, I'll figure it out. But yeah. So when I hear, uh, you know, Tulane, I'm like, oh yeah, the football team. But when I look, look at their mascot, I'm just like, <laughs> the green wave. I'm like. <laughs> Are we playing a CBD franchise or what? I'm like, what do you mean, Green Wave? What is that? What is this? Stop football. But, <laughs> but no, hey, everybody, you can find me at Chris with the K. Like I always say, yes, my name is spelled with a K and a C. I did not spell it wrong. That's fine. All you Texas fans out there, you suck. You're that team. You're not a good team. Steve Sarkeesian. Overhyped is fine. But anyways, no, yeah, you can definitely find me. Come to me at the Twitter spirit. Okay, Seth is the football head. I'm the troll, okay? I'm the sign <laughs> of Texas. I will snitch on everybody in Texas if we get that program shut down. But, 
<laughs> but anyways, hey, that's been another episode of the Horns Down podcast, and here we go. Mm-hmm.